Welcome to the Questions of Life podcast. I'm Kath. I'm here with Donald. Hello. And in our session today, we are exploring how God can use us today, looking at how each day God wants to be part of our lives and use us, and how God calls us to make a difference in the world. Enjoy the show. Now, Donald, as we explore this whole thing of what would God have me do today? What would God have me do with my life? I suppose one of the questions that, that comes into my mind is thinking about in the beginning, in the very first book of the Bible in, in Genesis, it says, in the beginning, God. So those are the first four words mm. of the Bible. So God existed. God was there. God um, doesn't need anyone or anything else. God was merrily existing. And then God comes up with this plan. It goes on to say that God created the world and everything in it. And that includes us as human beings. And when God created it, he looked at it and he said, that's very good. He was really, really pleased with it. And then the human race got going. Uh, and it would be fair to say that we have done quite a lot to stuff up the world. We've done quite a lot to maybe at times stuff up our lives and stuff mm. up other people's lives. Now, in creating the world and in creating the human race, God knew that we were going to do that because God is all-knowing. He understood that. So I suppose my starting point, my easy starter for five, would be why did God create us, the human race? I'm not complaining it's great to be alive, but, but, but why? He didn't need us. Why did God create the human race? Yeah, I think that's a really important and slightly tricky question to answer. I don't think we're... I don't know I can give you a definitive answer that is indisputable but my my understanding and I think what most Christians would say is that it's to do with the fact that God is love and that as that that that, that he's described as love that he is fundamentally loving and therefore he has created mankind to love that created human beings for him to love mm -hmm. created human beings to love each other and that love and community and, and uh, relationships, if you like, is at the very heart of God's agenda and the most important thing. So I think God created mankind to express love mm -hmm. uh, and, and all the different ways that we understand that phrase. Uh, something in that area. So we are an expression of God's love. We're created to love. We're created to be loved. At the very heart of it, uh, we come out of love. Yeah. So that's nice. That's, that's really, really encouraging. So God's created the human race. He's created uh, you and I, wonderful specimens of the human race. Now, when God created the human race, was it a sense of fantastic, there you go, I've created you, it's up to you what you want to make of your life? Because in previous sessions, we've talked about free will and how God very often doesn't intervene in our free will. He, he kind of sets us free. He sets us free that we may make a choice to follow him and to love him. Um, so when God created the human race, was it just, uh, I've created you, off you go? So I think as we understand the beginning, I think God created human beings to be in relationship. The original concept of Eden, of Adam and Eve, is to be close to God and to be in relationship with him. Mm -hmm. So I think we were created to love God yep. and to love each other. And I think that he also, because he is God and greater and wiser, he also offers mm -hmm. to guide us. Mm -hmm. And he offers to uh, help us make the most of life. Mm -hmm. After the fall, after we chose our own pattern and after our relationship with God has been broken by our own sinfulness, 
He still wants us to love him mm -hmm. and he still wants us to love others. So I think God calls us to be people of love and I think he offers to guide us in how to do that. And mm -hmm. I think that we talk about freedom. I think that when we say to God, I want to be in relationship with you, mm -hmm. then I think the next natural step is to say, God, you know what's best for today. What can I do for you? Mm -hmm. And I guess it's like any relationship that you, 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 I don't know about you, I like to have a plan for the day. I don't stick to it, but um, for me, I get kind of on edge if I get up and I have no plan at all for the day. Maybe there's just something wrong with me. No, it's quite But I, I like yeah. to know, this is what I intend to do. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I often say to the rest of the family, what, what are your plans for today? Uh, which may or may not be irritating, but I just <laughs> like to know roughly where yeah. we're going and what, yeah. what we're trying to do. And uh, I, I think back to when I, uh, when the boys were very little and I might be, I used to look after them particularly on a Saturday. I'd have them all day on a Saturday. Sometimes particularly uh, when they were very little and I would need a plan the next, on the Friday night, I would, because just to get up and say, well, we've got, we're just going to see what happens. That, to me, it would go wrong. You wouldn't make the best of it. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's natural out of love to say to God, what, what, what would you have me do today? What's yeah. the best thing to do? Coupled with that, which I think is fantastic, is this idea that God has made me in a, a unique shape, a different shape to you mm -hmm. a different I don't I'm clearly with different shape physically but I mean in terms of strengths in terms of skills in ten, terms of passions in terms of how we see the world we're all unique we're all different and I delight in the fact that that also is part of God's purpose so if you think of the idea that we're all made to be in relationship it's a bit like to me that we're all made to be like a jigsaw puzzle that fits together mm -hmm. we're all made to love and that moment when you've completed the jigsaw puzzle and you say that's perfect mm -hmm. so we're all different shaped pieces and mm -hmm. we click into the purposes of god mm -hmm. since the uh the fall since we turned against god mm -hmm. His agenda has been to restore humanity. Yeah. And so Jesus talks a lot about bringing in the kingdom of God, bringing, overcoming the darkness of mankind doing their own thing yeah. and bringing in the, the will and purposes of God. And we talk about God's reign. It's where God is acknowledged, where we say to God, we'll do things your way. That's mm -hmm. the kingdom of God. So today I want to play my part in bringing the kingdom of God in, mm -hmm. of bringing the presence, the love, the, 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 the joy of God, the restoration, the redemption, the mending, the fixing of God's presence into the day I'm in. So I want to say to God, what would you have me do? Mm -hmm. And there are purposes and plans, I think, that, that, that stem out of that. We can probably go into a bit more detail in a moment. Okay, so we're going to split it in kind of two sections. We've got the, the bigger picture. This is who I am. This is who God's created me to be. This sense of discovering how I use my life, my passions, my abilities for God. Mm -hmm. And then there's the kind of smaller earthing it. Okay, so this is the bigger picture, but this is me today. Uh, and the whole question of God, what do you want me to do today? Mm. 
Um, so talk us through, in, in your mind, what, are the, what, what does that look like? Because um, people will have lots of different ideas. Some people will think that is God going to dictate to me everything that I need to do? And God isn't a dictator. We talked about him offering mm. guidance. And I love that phrase because I think some people are a bit scared of God and that, oh, he's going to make me do this, this and this. And actually, it's this relationship of love, isn't it? Mm. That it comes out of that there's a gentle leading and, and, and a gentle directing. There are some people that think that God is going to micromanage us down to the, uh, these are the pants that you need to wear and this is the T-shirt that you need to wear and X, Y, and Z. So, so in your mind, talk to us. What does it mean when we say, God, what do you want me to do today? What does that look like? So I think the fundamental, a big, big, big picture is Jesus is asked what's the most important thing and he yeah. says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbour as yourself. So fundamentally, we have been created to love God and love neighbours, to live in relationship with him and to do good to other people. Mm -hmm. So that's the big heading over the whole of our lives. Yeah. I think God has also created us with a brain and he's, and he's created us with passions and he's created us with free will. So there is a fair amount of it that he says, I want you to get on with fulfilling those two aspects of life mm -hmm. Um, as you think best, mm -hmm. so that you, 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 I have the choice to spend time with God. I have the choice to be grateful. I have the choice to listen to him. So it's my choice to love God with all my heart. It's my choice to, to listen and read scripture and try and understand what he's saying and doing. That's my choice. I've also got a choice as to how I love my neighbor, how I seek to make a difference in the world that's good. So the big picture is love God, love neighbor. Then there's an element of freedom because God has given us such an incredible creation, the brain, and such a wonderful thing, the way we see life. So we, that's got to be used to the full. Then if we go a little bit closer to the detail, I think there are things that God sees that need doing. And if, you, if, in, if, if this mission of bringing the kingdom of God in, that he can see the shape that I am, and therefore where I fit into enlarging the kingdom of God, where I fit into helping God's reign be more seen and more evident. So the next thing is to say, okay, God, I need to know my gifts and I need to use them. I need to know the shape that I'm in. Mm -hmm. So I think the next step after saying is here I am to love my neighbor is to say, okay, I think there are certain things that you make me good at in loving my neighbor that other people are not so good at. So we all uh, got different strengths and it's, it's saying, God, what are they if we're not clear and offering them? Then the next step down, there's a sort of more detail of the day, is that I think there are moments where God would say, would you do this for me? I don't think it is every second of the day. But I think there are things that God would have me do during the day. And those things that God would have me do spring out of me saying at the outset, Lord, what would you have me do? Mm -hmm. So the first step is that I offer myself to, yep. to him. The second step is, okay, you've offered yourself to me. Okay, these are the, the, some things here. Now, if I think about today... And, and I thought about this as I was walking here tonight, trying to get my head straight for this. I was thinking, well, there were two or three things that I had in my diary that I were planned around 
what I think are my strengths and my gifts. So there were two or three things that I had in my diary and I think God wanted me to do. And as I look back over the day, I think those were the right things to be in my diary. So some of... It's not that the whole of my diary planned every second of the day, but there were two or three appointments that I believe God wanted me mm -hmm. to do. So part of it is, is about planning. But then if I thought further about the day, I think there were moments in the day, and sometimes it's within the planned conversation, sometimes it's something that happens completely unplanned. It's an email that arrives, it's a phone call that happens. And you just feel, sense God, leading you to respond to that situation. Hmm. And that would be another moment where I would feel, well, God has led me in the particular choice of words, perhaps, that I used. Um, and I don't think that every word that I've said today was from God. And I suspect that, you know, 999,000 of the words I said today will have been forgotten by the end of the week. But maybe a sentence here and a sentence there has been helpful for people and significant. And those would be the bits that I felt, well, maybe God was giving me those moments to say. Mm -hmm. um, it's a bit like a child where you, a child gets on and does things in life, but every now and then they say, how do I do this? And I think that God has asked me to get on and do stuff. I begin the day by saying, Lord, here I am. And there are then moments in the day where I say, God, what are you saying on this one? What do I do here? Um, so if we go down to this specific thing, we felt that uh, God wants us to do questions of life. We mm -hmm. felt that's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. We felt it was right to be consistent and stable. So therefore, we're here every Wednesday. We had a plan for what we were going to do tonight that was being planned for some weeks. Yesterday, as I was thinking about it, I had another idea. So I emailed you and, and Deb and said, what about this other mm -hmm. idea? Mm -hmm. uh, it seemed okay to both of you. It seemed right, I think. So we changed it. Yeah. So that's a sense of God just slightly tweaking it. And we trust that the things that we say tonight, are, some of it is what God wants. Mm -hmm. The bits that we'll remember, you, you know, people watching will forget most of it. And lots of it will be us being human. And that's fine. And that's good. But hopefully there are some nuggets that people take away. Mm. And I suppose my desire is to continually be open to hear what the, the, those nuggets are mm. and to do those things. Mm -hmm. At the same time, it's using the brain mm -hmm. that God has given me and the experience that he's given me and the plans that I've already made. And so it's a, it's a partnership. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, and, and I suppose for me, it's it's not a, a one-off question that I ask in the morning. It's a conversation. Mm. Uh, and also, there's a sense of trying to reflect something of Jesus. So I, I look at Jesus in the in the Gospels. You look at the what he says about forgiveness and, and peacemakers and things like that. I think there's so much in there that we think, okay, I, I want to be like Jesus today. So that then affects the way that I, I think about what I'm about to say or what I'm about to do it's not necessarily God is in that moment telling me but there's a there's a shorthand there's an understanding that to be a follower of Jesus I want to reflect him to mm. reflect him there are certain attributes that, that I want to be displayed through me so I might ask for the Holy Spirit to empower me to be able to reflect Jesus because I need all the help with that mm. that I can get because I'm a feeble frail human yeah. being but but so in my mind there's already a 
a kind of framework. I'm a follower of Jesus. This, this is kind of what that looks like. So I seek to live that out in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then there's the uh, additional extras. So then there is the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and then there's this sense of loving, loving your neighbor. Uh, and as you said, that looks very differently for everybody, doesn't it? Mm. You know, for, for someone, it might be a, a phone call or a text. It might be baking something. It might be doing their garden. Like you say, we're all very different in our abilities and our passions. And it's good. So there's no one right way mm. of, of doing yeah. that. Yeah. And it's not about telling your neighbor that you love them because mm. that would be... Creepy. Creepy. If I went around to Gary and Julie and just stood on the doorstep and said, I love you, <laughs> I think they'd just slam the door <laughs> in my face. And they know that I love them, but we're not talking about that. We're talking uh, um, about our actions, mm. about our attitude, about the ways that we just want to be Jesus to them. Mm. And that also in includes praying for people, mm. which is one of the things that I think we forget about. We think yeah. we've got to be proactive in so many other ways. Mm. But I think, I mean... You've talked a lot about your prayer life and your lists of people that you pray for and everything. That's a, a huge part of doing what God wants you to do each day. Yeah, yeah. We had a fantastic question, uh, live stream on Sunday night where folks, I, we, we took a theme of, this is a digression, but we took the theme of where Paul says, I keep asking. And we just mm -hmm. asked people to, to phone it, uh, to email in prayers that they'd prayed that they kept on asking. And... Um, that have been answered after years. So not mm -hmm. the prayers are instant, but the prayers that people have prayed mm -hmm. for years and wondered whether they were going to be answered. And it was incredibly moving. Um, and I found it particularly moving. And at one point I thought, I'm going to struggle with words because two, uh, two of those that emailed in were, were those on, the, on that prayer list for mm -hmm. me. And to hear that, that, that I'd also been praying for those things for years for people. Mm -hmm. And it is... That is you're absolutely right. It is part of, of love mm. is to pray for people. Mm. And we need to be clear that when the Bible talks about neighbour, it doesn't mean the person who lives next to you, although that's great and good. It's actually, sometimes it's almost closest to the enemy. It's the people who you are in your life, who you meet. That's just, it's as broad as that. It's just mm. the people you meet. Mm. I, I read a great book called uh, Scattered Servants. And it picks up on this, this whole thing of actually being a follower of Jesus isn't about coming to a great church service, not that we can do that at the moment anyway. Mm -hmm. But actually it's about listening to those whispers and those promptings of, of God in the places that we find ourselves in, whether that's in the workplace, the home, walking down the street, in the supermarket, that actually God is always on the lookout to, to use us to be a blessing, to use us to love, to use us to bring his kingdom in mm. uh, it might be that there's a i don't know an argument going on in the street i quite often see that or an ambulance going by uh, and my thing is i'm going to pray i'm going to pray for wherever the ambulance is going whoever they're seeing or if there's an argument i'm praying god bring your peace bring your kingdom mm. in here so I, I think part of it is just living our lives and being us but doing it in a way that we offer to God and say, this is me. Mm. What would you say to somebody that, that's, oh, that's great, you two work for the church, you're church leaders, that's really easy for you, but, you know, I work in, I don't know, I can't think of an example. I'm in education, I'm in the health service, I'm in, I'm in whatever, and I really struggle. My job's really hard. I don't feel like I'm a good enough person. I don't feel like I'm a good enough Christian. How could God ever use me? What would you say to that person? Uh, I think that we're all a piece of the jigsaw. Mm. We're all a piece of the jigsaw. 
uh, I certainly would feel that I'm not a very good Christian and, and that my job is hard and I don't do it very well. So I would identify 100% with those feelings. I th- but I think we're all, there are all a piece of the jigsaw and th- we, we tend to fall into one of two camps. So for some of us, and you and I are included, but it, it might also, you, lots of other jobs, teachers, doctors, nurses, um, police officers, all, there are lots of people where you would say, yeah, the job is part of the shape. Mm-hmm. So one is doing something that is clearly helping bring the kingdom of God in. And there are lots more jobs than being a minister where you would say that job is clearly of benefit to the community. Uh, to the, so that's, but that's only half of it. For another half, and this is where perhaps it's harder to see, but it's equally crucial. It's not the job, it's the way we do it that is the shape. It is the way we relate to the other people in the office. It's the way we relate to customers. It's the way we live out for Jesus, our life in that place. It may be that... uh, we can't see an instant great benefit to the specific tiny part of the job that we mm-hmm. do. Or it may be that we can see the benefit, but actually we don't enjoy it. It's quite mm-hmm. difficult. Maybe we'll come back to that in a, in a bit, about working in a job that's unfulfilling. But very often the way we do something is the thing that God is asking us to do. He's, he's, he's more interested in how we are relating to the people we're meeting, to our colleagues, our clients, uh, and so on, and that we are bringing the kingdom of God into that place, that if we weren't there, they wouldn't know what a Christian is like, they wouldn't know the love of God, they wouldn't have someone who might offer to pray for them, they wouldn't have someone who would demonstrate mercy and grace, they wouldn't have someone who could ask a question of. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, the job is less relevant, what really, and that, in a sense that's true for the rest of us, it's not what I do, it's how I do it that mm. really, really counts. Mm. And, and if you think about it the other way around, if I do my job as a minister badly and unkindly and ungraciously and unprayerfully, it doesn't matter what I achieve as a, a minister. It's, it's all rubbish. There's, there's a bit in Corinthians where he says, if you can do all the most spiritual things in the world but haven't love, you're nothing. And that means that we might what we feel we're doing day to day might feel quite insignificant. But if we do it with love, it's everything. Mm-hmm. So the way we live and who we live with is really important. And I think I would also want to say that for some of us, it's particularly powerful when we feel that this is a, com- a messy and difficult place. And to be the only Christian in the company or the only Christian in the school or the only Christian in the club and there's lots of non-Christian things going on and there's lots of things that you just don't know how to change it. That's very often the very place where God wants us to be. It's about being that little grain of salt in the midst of a difficult place, that little beacon of light in overwhelming darkness. So... Very often we are called to be his representative in a difficult place. And it, it, it's not about having a significant job. It's about being a significant person in that place. Now, if we've 
been in that place and maybe we've not really stood up for our faith. Maybe we've joined in in some of the stuff that we, we shouldn't have done and we're thinking, I've blown it. What would you say to that person? The, the great news of Jesus is that the, the, the grace, the love of God washes yesterday away and we always start fresh today. Um, so practically, I would say that don't allow the, the voices of condemnation, the evil one, to make us feel that we're no good because of yesterday. Mm -hmm. Yesterday's finished. We start tomorrow and we say, God, here I am. Mm -hmm. And actually, one of the most powerful things that we will ever demonstrate is change. And people say, you didn't used to do that. Mm. Or why have you stopped doing this? Mm. And that may take a bit of a process and we may have some bad days again. But actually, it's about being open to God to transform us mm. and allowing ourselves to, to get up once we've fallen down. Mm -hmm. One of the great lies is that a, that we have to be perfect, and B, that once we've failed, we should give up. Yeah. And, and the real power in life is to, to keep going and to, 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 to start again. When you teach a child to, to learn how to walk, they're going to fall over a lot of times. Mm. You and I fell over a lot of times mm. when we were learning to walk. But we can walk because we just kept going because somebody kept encouraging us. And God is, is there saying, go and have another go. Mm. Have another go. Mm. Ask me again tomorrow and we'll start afresh. And mm. yesterday is gone. Mm. Brilliant. Now, whilst we're on the whole subject of talking about moving on from our mistakes and the things that we've done wrong, uh, we've had uh, an email in um, and this is the question. I haven't been a Christian for very long and sometimes I get overwhelmed thinking about all the mistakes I've made in my life and how to move forward. I struggle to know what things God wants me to tackle first. How do I go about this? Thank you. Yeah, it's a really good question. I, I, now that I've been a Christian a long time, I realise that when I became a Christian, there was probably a list of a thousand <laughs> things that needed to be tackled. Thankfully, I was rather arrogant and didn't think there was too much. Otherwise, it would have overwhelmed me. So in one sense, this person, that this person can see so much, that's a great place, that mm. place of humility of saying, mm. oh, I, I, there's so much in me to change. Because uh, I, I, I've only uncovered it bit by bit. The good news is that God does do with, deal with things bit by bit. And he uh, wants to transform us, but he wants to do that in a way that lasts. And by tackling everything in one go, it's not going to last. So he's going to take things one by one. How do we know what, he's, what he wants to, 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 to work out one by one? I would try not to be too influenced by what other people tell us. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes other people have an agenda for us. You yeah. need to stop doing that. You yeah. need to do this. Yeah. And those of us who are discipling a newer Christian, we need to stop doing that. Mm. We need to let God's spirit mm -hmm. prompt and change a person because it's God's spirit that's going to change someone, not yeah. our ideas, not our making them conform to our pattern. It's often a whole random list of things that you look at and you think, really God? You know, if that was me, I'd do it in this order. I'd do yeah. this, this, because in my mind, well, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. We've got to sort that out. Yeah. But God knows what he's doing. There's a, there's a bigger plan of yeah. it. Yeah, he often does the internal before he yes. does the external. Yes. And religious people want the external yes. sorted first. Yes. How, do, how does one know what those things are? I think it's, it's, 
once you've set aside what other people are expecting of you, it's beginning to say, well, what does internally do I feel I really want to change for my love of God, not because I want to conform to other people's expectations? But what is it that as I look at God, I think, do you know, I just want that part of me to change and making that our prayer. And sometimes it may be that God says, look, we can do three or four things first. What do you want to do first? Yeah. And, and so sometimes I think God says, okay, you choose the first thing we're going to work on. And then we just keep praying about that one thing. Lord, will you help me? Maybe we, we want to get rid of bitterness, for example, mm -hmm. that maybe nobody else sees, but mm -hmm. we know it's there. And we say to God, Lord, I, will you transform this? And that may be a prayer that we pray for a number of weeks. Lord, will you take away the bitterness? Lord, will you take away the bitterness? Mm -hmm. And this goes back to when we talked about being filled with the Spirit. That Ultimately, the change that takes place in us is a partnership of our decision and repentance and desire for God to change us and then our willingness to pray. And then the miracle of him transforming us. Yeah. And what happens in is that our mind is renewed. It is transformed. Mm -hmm. And we begin to no longer want to do some things mm -hmm. as much as we did. We begin to notice what we're doing and they begin to stop doing it. We begin to find opportunities to do things differently. So bit by bit, it begins to change. Um, so how do I know what God wants to deal with me? I think it's, it's listening to the, the inner things, choosing one or two, praying into them mm. until they're resolved. Mm. And knowing that it comes from a place of love. Yeah. So God wanting to change us isn't wanting to beat us with a stick. Oh, you've been terrible. It's uh, I love you so much that I want to set you free from this. Mm. I don't want you to carry that burden, that guilt, the regret. I don't want this to be going around in your mind. But it talks in the Bible of the Son, Jesus, setting us free. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's, there's a truth in that, but it is a journey, as you say, and not to be defined by it, not to see yourself through the things that you regret and you've done wrong, but to see yourself through Jesus, mm. precious, dearly loved, mm. child of God, always welcomed, always loved, nothing that separates us from his love. And sometimes mm. our emotions and our feelings get in the way of that and we feel terrible and, oh, how can he love me? And that's when we have to switch our emotions off and switch back to the word of God and say, what does the Bible say about me? Not how do I feel about myself? What does the Bible say? And mm. the Bible says, I am loved. Mm. I am loved because of Jesus. Yeah. Now, following on a little bit from that and, and the whole hearing from God, someone's texted in to say this. I don't feel God. I can't hear God. How do I know what he's doing within me slash asking me to do? So I think there are very often periods in our life which sometimes the Bible might describe as the wilderness where we don't feel as much as we have at other times and where we wish we could. Yeah. And at those points, I think that's where we just continue to do the basics in faith. And it is faith. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where I would go back to love God and love your neighbour. So maybe there are seasons, and there have certainly been seasons in my life where I feel heaven is silent. I mm. feel, I don't know what you're saying, God. I don't know what to do. Mm. And I think in those moments, we just do what we, we know to be right. Yep. 
So we seek to love God. So we speak to, seek to spend a t- some time in the day in gratitude, some time in the day in offering ourselves and praying for other people and offering ourselves to be used. Mm-hmm. And trying to look at Scripture, and, it, and we look at Scripture and it may look completely blank to us for a season, but we still continue to do it because there will come a time when it suddenly does speak to us again. So don't feel you're unique or have done something wrong. But in that moment of the, of the wilderness, we, we just continue to love God as best we're able and we continue to love other people. So we just choose to do what blesses people. Yeah. Pray for them, speak kindly, listen, act kindly. Whatever that looks like, we seek to do that well. We, don't, we seek to... Uh, not allow ourselves to be consumed with anger or selfishness or bitterness or whatever. And be content, and I know it's a very painful experience, but be content that that's okay to be Mm -hmm. in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. And my experience of the wilderness times, and remember Jesus, we call it the wilderness because Jesus went in the wilderness, the people of God were in the wilderness, that it's at the end of the... when we come out of that, we are strengthened. Um, that, that time of drought or, t- or pruning or, or whatever analogy you want to use makes us the stronger in the long run. I think if my spiritual life had been all glory, all excitement, all things going perfectly well, I would not be anywhere near as effective as I think I might be now. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. it, in other words, I think it's the wilderness that really speaks mm. through me to other people. Mm. That we know what it's like to just keep going when it mm. doesn't feel easy. I think I've spoken to lots of people in this COVID season and getting towards the end of this year, And I would say for the majority of those people, they would talk about it being a really tough year, Mm. a a tough slog emotionally, but also spiritually as well, because there's a knock-on effect to our mental, our emotional and our physical health. So with a lot of people having to work more hours or more stress and just lots more stuff going on, I know of a lot of people that that has a knock-on effect on their relationship with God. So they're not all in a, oh, this is a fantastic place they're all actually a little bit like this this text message just trying to work out their faith uh, feeling in a dry place you know we can't gather together as church there's not the encouragement of being in this building and worshiping together and interacting with others although I think many people probably have grown more in some ways during this period of wilderness because Mm. there's been a reliance on okay it's me and God Mm. I, I can't go to church and God stepped into the gap in a sense mm. and, and has met with people but I suspect there's many that are, are listening to this that would identify with it's been a long year it's mm. been a tough year and, and my relationship with God isn't probably as fresh as I'd want it to be because I've just been through a bit of a tough mm. time so if you know the person that sent that message or others that's perfectly normal absolutely there's a there's a lovely word in in the last book of the bible which talks the book of revelation it talks about how people are welcomed into heaven 
And there's a phrase that's used to those who have overcome, mm. to those who have overcome. Mm. And, and that phrase overcoming is used two or three times. And I love that idea. And um, there's a great song from the, the civil rights movement, We Shall Overcome. I mm. recommend the Bruce Springsteen version. Oh, gosh. Uh, but this idea that for me is saying to God, I'm going to overcome this. And, and it ha the, the word to me has the concept of, there is a really difficult obstacle here. And I am, I am not going to stay this side of it. Mm. I'm not going to let it defeat me. I'm not going to let it beat me. I am going to overcome it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go th over it, through it. It's, going to, it's, not, it's not going to be easy. And God has this sense of, he doesn't, he doesn't predict easy, simple lives. He says, I, you're going to be the people of overcome. Mm. That there's something that would have caused other people to, to give up, mm. but you have overcome. And, and, and there's a part of me that's always felt, I, I'm going to, with the grace of God, my desire is to overcome. Am I, I'm not surprised by mess, sadness, conflict, difficulty. I think that's the mess of this world. But God has given me the invitation to overcome, to get onto the other side. And the only way you do that is just one step at a time. Yeah, it's not smashing it, is it? No. It's not saying, well, hey, great. It is just little by little. Yeah. It is the, I'm going to read a verse in the Bible today. It is, I'm going to spend a bit of time with God. Those little things, it's yeah. sometimes hanging on by your fingernails. Yeah. That is overcoming. Yeah. That's what God asks. Yeah. Not that, yep, great, you get up in the morning, I'm full of vigour, I'm going to smash it with you to go today, God. That's not always the... It's very rarely how yeah, I get up. Yeah, I was going to say, I never get up like that. But <laughs> there are some people that might. But for those of us that get up and think, oh, you know, on some days there's a, oh, my life. There's a, okay, God, would you help? And I, 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 I think there's a spirituality that kind of implies... Everything's happy and wonderful. Mm. And my own feeling is the most precious and significant things I've done in my life have been about overcoming. They have been costly, mm. but worth it. Mm. And I think I will look back on my life and say it was worth it. Yep. And then I already look back on things and say, it, and it, you know, things like Sunday night when people say, this prayer has been answered after years, you think, that's worth it. Mm. That's worth it. But it, that, there was a pain of praying with people for a long time and not seeing answers. Well, there was a pain for us in our lives, praying for a, a long period of time and not seeing answers. And when you finally do get to a place where you either accept that you're not going to get the answer that you want mm -hmm. and God meets you there, or you see it, again, there's a sense of this is great. Mm -hmm. Or even I look back on some of the hardest things I've been through in my life one of the greatest joys I have is that they didn't defeat me, but I can use those to help other people. Mm. And that, for me, is fantastic, to think that there was nobody really there to help me. But if I can speak into somebody else's life and be used by God, and that which was battered and difficult and painful for me can be redeemed, can be taken and made into something good to bless others, then I think, yeah, that's been worth it. Mm. So we persevere. Absolutely. I, I think that uh, I when I was going into Christian ministry, 
it gets this thing about being a street lamp, not a firework. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to stick at it. Mm -hmm. That's I want to make a difference to people's lives, but I, would, I, I believe that I can do that through stability rather than being spectacular. So We're quite plodders, aren't we, in a sense? We're not all singing and dancing, no. most certainly. I look back on the statistics of the people that were in my year at Bible College. Um, I can count on two hands the number of us that are still in ministry. I can count uh, on two hands the numbers that are still part of church. Lots of people, it was too much. They went in there with probably the wrong expectations and wanted to be a firework. Mm. And there is something about, we're going to take one step at a time. We're going to take our time uh, and we're just going to gently do what God wants mm. us to do. Mm. And I think that's really good. Okay, I've got another question in. Steve Evans. Good evening, Steve. Always good to have a question from you. Just to, just to clarify, last week there was a comment that came in um, about... Um, how big your, your your wife's bum looked in something that wasn't that was actually from Steve that wasn't from Amy I just want to clear that up we only got a message in saying it was from Steve after we'd gone off air so that was Steve and not Amy just clearing up Steve is off the track of how big does my bum look in this and he says this good evening both if we pray for something such as a job and we are then offered that job but not on the same salary or terms we anticipated are we going against God by turning this down after he actually answered our prayer? I think it's very difficult to comment. I think all explanations are possible. Um, I think there are times where God says, I want you to say no to an open door. So I always worry, there are sometimes people say, you know, you pray and if you get offered the opportunity, then you must take it. I think there are times when God says, the door is wide open, but don't go through it. And that's about having a confidence in trusting our sense of peace mm -hmm. about something. Mm -hmm. Equally, I think there are times where God says, I don't want you to make a decision based on money. Mm. And that yes, something may cost, maybe renew salary may be less than than, than mm. was expected. Um, so I don't think I've got a I can comment either way. I think there the, 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 either explanation there might be that God says it doesn't matter about the money. Take I've offered it to you. Or it may be that God says it doesn't matter. You've been offered it. You need to turn it down. I think it's more about trying to work out how we hear God's voice. And so let, if we unpack that a bit, because that's, um, it's more tricky. Mm. It's more tricky. I, when I'm trying to work out what God is saying, I'm looking for some things. One of the things I would be looking for is a sense of persistence. It, it, it is a sense that I should turn this job down or that I should take the job. Does that, just keep coming at me from different angles and in different ways. If I sleep on it, if I ask other people, if I uh, make one decision, do I instantly feel very uncomfortable mm. and want to change my mind? So these are the kind of things I'm saying to God, Lord, will, will you show me mm. what to do by 
keeping this persistently in my mind by keeping other people referring to it or hinting at it, maybe looking into scripture and seeing is there something that the Bible is saying, is there a story I've read, passage I've read recently that's relatable to this. Um, and if we don't know what God is saying, which is, goes back to this heaven being silent, there are times when we don't know what God is saying, then I think we're perfectly entitled and it's right to do the most sensible thing. Mm -hmm. So in the absence of God clearly telling us what to do, I would go with common sense. Yep. If common sense is that you can't afford to take this job, then you don't take this job. Mm -hmm. If common sense is that you can't afford not to take the job, then you, don't, then you take it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's firstly saying to God, what are you saying? How can I hear that? And then at the end of the day, if heaven is silent, you do what makes most rational sense? When I was at uh, secondary school, I was uh, not allowed to stay on and do my A-levels. Um, not because I was the best student and they were worried I would put everybody off, but because I was terrible. I was really badly behaved. And badly so I, behaved? Who I know, would have thought it? I know. And so I got kicked out of school. And the only place that would have me was um, the local college, St Albans City College. And I went and did um, secretarial and business studies and uh, messed my way through all of those managed to learn how to touch type do some shorthand um, cheated in my business studies exam because you could take a bible a bible you could take a um, dictionary in with you and I write all the answers in it not proud uh, got first um, anyway so I did this course and, uh, and then I became a Christian and so then I was asking the question okay God what what do you want me to do you know what 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 job am I to take and so there came a job at the YMCA, we like the YMCA, and it was secretarial. It was within my skill set. Um, so I thought, oh, I'll apply for that. Went for it, got an interview. Interview went really, really well. They said, you're the last person that we've seen. We think we're going to offer it to you. No problems at all. We'll call you this afternoon. Walked out of there. I just didn't feel a sense of peace. It just felt like this wasn't the right place for me to be. Got a phone call that afternoon. And uh, they say, we'd like to offer you the job. I'm like, I actually don't think it's the right job for me. Is it the money? We'll offer you more money. What, what, is, what is it that you want? We really, really want you. And the more they offered, the more I just knew, this, this is not about this. There's just something not right. And, and so I turned that down. And then within a couple of weeks, uh, I got uh, a job at... Um, working for the government. I was in, in the civil service, which in itself is quite amusing. But it was the perfect job for me. It, it fitted my uh, giftings. It was an opportunity for me to share my faith. Lots of things kind of like slotted into place. It was less money, uh, but it was right. I, I, I just knew it was right. So for me, often there is a sense of praying again, God, what is the right thing for me to do in this situation? Sometimes heaven is silent and I have to work that out. Sometimes I, I have a sense. I, I just kind of know when something's... Mm. not right and I'll pray about that so when I when I left and when I got home I was like God is this the wrong thing continue just to confirm that to me when they phone again let me just know and it just didn't sit right with me so I think there are lots of ways of discerning and there's no right and wrong way but for mm. me that was a mm. that was a specific example of being offered a job and saying no okay so we've talked about how can God use me today 
let's just branch out a bit to the bigger picture, to this sense of calling. So is everybody called to do something with their lives? I think so. I think everybody is a certain shape. Yeah. Every human being ever made it has been made a certain way by God to fit into the jigsaw in a certain way. Many, many people ignore God, so they reject that calling. Yeah. And even those of us who are Christians have the freedom to reject the calling. We can say, I'm going to follow you, God, but I'm going to do it my way. That's probably the most unhappy kind of life to lead. Mm. <laughs> You're probably, mm. It's probably worse than being a non-Christian yeah. to say, I'm going to try and get you, God, to do things my way. It's, <laughs> it's, doesn't work. I've tried it's it. It's just yep. hard work. So I think we're all called. Yep. But the calling is not about... As I say, it's not really often about the job. It's mm -hmm. about the way we do it. Yeah. So again, without, I don't want this to be unhelpful, uh, but just in my own life, I never felt called to be a Baptist minister. I never planned, intended, or wanted to be a Baptist minister. <laughs> when I was a teenager, I felt called to go into Christian youth work. Yeah. And over time, I realized that I didn't even, wasn't really called to do that. I fundamentally felt called to explain Christianity mm. to, in a British culture. Mm. If you like, our mission statement, making sense of life, sharing the love of Jesus, that fundamentally is what I felt called to. Yep. Working as a Baptist minister has just been the job that I do. It's the vehicle. To, yeah. to do that calling. Mm -hmm. I think all of us have a calling like that, and it's the way we live our life that's to do with being whatever our strengths are, and they may be practical strengths, they may be to do with music, they may be to do with caring for people in need, teaching, looking after children, looking after the ill, uh, financial, they may be practical skills, mm -hmm. but they may not be where we think, well, anybody could do my job, but nobody could do your thing the way you do it. Yeah. And so it could be that it's actually just about the character and personality we are and the place he's put us in. So mm. one of the things we've done this week in our live streams is invite people to send us a photograph of what they do Wednesday at 10 o'clock. It's not too late to send us in something for what you did today at 10 o'clock. But it's this idea that that's the place God has put us, yeah. whatever that is. Yeah. And I think we're all called. Mm. That everybody has been called this week to make a difference, to bring the kingdom of God in. Now, we can ignore that. We can absolutely ignore that. But actually, it's much easier to say, that's the way the wind's blowing. I'm going, to, I'm going to put my sail up and I'm going to go with the wind. So God, where are you pushing me? Where are you blowing me? What will I be? Yeah. And that, the calling is just a big phrase of saying, it's just a way of defining the big picture. So not every day am I explaining the Bible. But I know that I'm not called to be a... Um, I'm surgeon. Not, sorry? A surgeon. I'm not called to be a surgeon. I'm not really called to be an um, administrator. Mm. <laughs> so, where, so there are little bits of administration that I have to do from time to time, mm. but the vast majority, I know there's no point in me trying to do that. Yeah. I need to surround myself with the people who are better at doing that, people who have got an eye for detail and make things happen mm. and let me... Uh, think about concepts. Mm -hmm. um, so calling enables, it releases you to say, I'm good at this and I need people around me who are different shapes mm -hmm. and I, to, I need 
to be with other people who are different to me and I can be the, the bit that I am. Mm. One of the things that happens in some churches, I mean, take ours as an example, we have mission partners. So we have people that feel this sense of um, called to be set apart to serve God, whether it's in this country or overseas. Many of them are overseas missionaries. And for your average person, they look at those and think, wow, you know, they must have such faith. They've got this, this call. They've been set apart by God to do that. And, and, and they kind of have these categories of the super spiritual and then them, and they don't see themselves in the same light as our missionaries. And I once read a quote which I thought was really helpful. And it was, a missionary isn't somebody who goes overseas. A missionary is somebody who sees the cross. This sense of understanding what Jesus has done for our world, understanding what he's done for us, and in response saying, I want to be part of you saving this world. But in my part of the world, it doesn't matter if I'm not sent to Ibiza, to Brazil, to wherever it might be. I'm actually sent in my home, in my street, in my friendship groups. I'm just a cent. Yeah. But we find it difficult to, to get our heads around that, don't we, very often? I think so. And I think, uh, can I say something controversial? It's ages since I said something controversial. <laughs> you said something last week we had Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that to be a Christian in Sutton Coldfield is really difficult. Yes. I think it is really difficult. Mm. I think it's an affluent, cynical, disinterested, self-centered, apathetic, spiritually dark place. Yeah. And if you feel called to be a Christian in your workplace, yeah. or the school gate that you meet other parents at, or the street that you live along and the neighbours that you mix with and the allotment group that you're a part of or mm -hmm. the care home that you visit, I think that's as tough a place yeah. as lots of other places in the world. Yeah. And I certainly suffered from the view that, you know, real Christians go abroad mm -hmm. and real Christians go and do the difficult stuff in mm -hmm. the difficult places. Mm -hmm. I've come to the conclusion that there are very few easy places in the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very few. Most places are difficult. Yeah. And actually, I think Sutton Coldfield is quite a really difficult place to be a Christian. And I would go further and say, guys, if you are a teenager and you're trying to be a Christian in Plantsbrook or Fairfax or Sutton Girls or Vesey, you're in a really difficult place. And Absolutely. going abroad and being a missionary would be child's play. Absolutely. So w w we're called to where we are. And that's not to say that God won't... I can hear the f emails coming in from... <laughs> I'm not going to get emails. I'm not saying that some of us, God isn't calling some of us overseas. Yeah. Um, he that's, will be, yes. and that's important. But Birmingham is in a dark place at the moment, yeah. and it needs us. They say that it's often harder to share your faith in the school or the place that you live rather yeah. than on a short-term mission trip. Yeah. So quite often on a short-term mission trip, you're all full of the spirit. You yeah. don't know these people. It's a little bit easier to yeah. sing your song in Portuguese yeah. and to share your testimony. But to do it with people that you work with that you're going to see the next day that you're in a lesson with and yeah. they're going to look at you like yeah. you're a little bit strange. Yeah, yeah. You where know. there's no spiritual culture and it's yes. just... Yes, 
you are weird to think that. Yeah, I mean, we love our missionaries. They do fantastic work. There is a place for people to be sent overseas. God may be calling people overseas. That's wonderful. We'll support you. We'll pray for you. That's fantastic. But we recognise that this is a mission field and it's a hard mission yeah. field. Yeah. It's difficult. Please don't get me wrong. I am no. not no. saying that no. to go overseas is, is easier. I'm no. saying it's all difficult. Yes, absolutely. So as we're coming into land, moving towards the end, if there's somebody that's in a workplace or, or, or somewhere where their life is going and they're just not enjoying it, it's just not fulfilling, what would you say to them? In, in the next uh, John study, which I'm going to record tonight and will be out on Sunday, uh, I'm just going to link into a verse in the Old Testament that Jesus, I think, is hinting at, which is where Micah says, what does God ask of you? And, and he says, he asks you this, three things. Act justly. Mm -hmm. Love mercy. And walk humbly with God. I think that's a good motto for each day. Mm -hmm. How do I act justly? How do I act in a way that gives dignity and value to every human being, that makes everybody feel loved equally, that doesn't create favourites, but that gives everybody an access to the love and care of God? Mm -hmm. And how do I love mercy? How do I love to see people forgiven? How do I love to see people who are doing the wrong thing transformed mm -hmm. and loved into change? Mm -hmm. One of the things that really struck me about that verse is that very often people who want everything done with justice are some of the most unmerciful people. And some of the people who are really lovingly merciful don't seem to stand up for justice. And God is saying, this is the two things I want. You act justly and you love mercy. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good enough thing to direct most of our actions. How is it in my office, in my street, in my family? How am I going to act justly today? What is it going to look like? And how am I going to show mercy to people? Mm -hmm. And then thirdly, to walk humbly with God. Mm -hmm. Not to walk proudly, but to walk in saying, mm -hmm. God, I know I'm not getting it right. and I know I need you. But just to say, God, here I am today. So that's what I would say. Mm -hmm. to, to and, and have a look at the next study in John because we'll go into a little bit more depth. Act justly, uh, love mercy, and walk humbly with God is a good agenda for each day. And you allow your brain to work out what that looks like and follow the moments of intuition. So it's... Partly God has given me a brain, partly at times God gives me intuition, and I've use them both together. So you're going to pick up on that in your John's Gospel yep. talk. So that'll be available on Sunday. Sunday morning. Sunday morning. People can tune into that then. Fantastic. We have run out of time. Is there anything that you want to say that you haven't yet said that you want to clarify? No, on? except I think it's really important for people to go overseas <laughs> if God calls them. No, we do. We, we absolutely <laughs> do that. You're not making the point that that's not valid at all. We, we love our missionaries and that's yeah. fantastic. So can we thank you for joining with us? It's been fantastic to have you. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. Take care and see you soon. Goodbye. Cheerio.